0: driveway, and sidewalk pressure washing. If grass is growing, you need RC Lawn Care mowing. Again, 601-502-3529. Richard Coley at RC Lawn Care. Proud sponsor of the Clay Edwards Show podcast. Back into the Clay Edwards Show. We are live here on 103.9 FM WYAB. Guys, we've got a special guest in the studio this morning, Miss Christina Dent, with "End It for Good." Christina, good morning.
1: Good morning, Clay. Thanks How for having doing? me.
0: I'm doing no, great, man. I, I appreciate it. And I look, I love. I had some guys on here Thursday that host a big. Uh, it's a faith-based recovery mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, they they have a big event every quarter called a uh, Night of Hope. Yeah. And they were in here Thursday talking about all that good stuff, and they ended up having their event was Saturday. I saw the pictures; it was packed. And uh, then I sat here, and I read the uh, descriptor for what we were doing today, and I read it last night, just kind of catching up, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be right in my wheelhouse. I'm a former addict myself, and i kind of been down that road, so I can talk about this all day. Yeah. So tell people yeah. what you do.
1: Yeah, so we, um, End It For Good is a Mississippi-based nonprofit. I started it in 2019 after my husband and I were foster parents, and after a couple of years of fostering, uh, I met a mom who's life had been marked by addiction. She'd been using for 20 years at that point. And she was pregnant with her first child. She gave birth to him, but was not able to beat her addiction during her pregnancy. And so her son was removed from her custody and he was brought to our house. And that was kind of the first time that I had come close to addiction before. I just didn't have that experience at all. Um, Grew up in West Jackson, lived in the metro area my whole life, but had no close connection. I didn't use drugs when I was in high school or college. I have a degree in Bible. It just wasn't wasn't part of my world. And so it was really through her that I came to realize that most of what I had learned about addiction growing up wasn't true. I had kind of envisioned that you know people using drugs are bad people and people addicted to them are especially bad people. And I had no, this is your brain on drugs <laughs> right you ain't yeah, a frying pan. yeah. <laughs> I was I was born in eighty three so I remember that frying pan on Saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. you know that was that was in my mind um and so i I just didn't have any way to really you know I think all of us kind of have those groups of people that are easy for us to sort of just push to the side and immediately sort of turn off any kind of empathy or any kind of wondering what's really behind that behavior and she helped me to see that. She was a mom like me who loved her son just as much as I love my three sons. And um, it helped me not only to see her as an equal to me and somebody that was struggling with this complex health crisis and needed help, um, but it really started me on this journey of rethinking how are we really approaching drugs and addiction and is if we've misunderstood the right solutions, then we're going to keep getting negative outcomes because that's kind of what we're getting right now. We've got illegal drug use has doubled in the last twenty years. Overdose is now the leading cause of accidental death in America. We've got we're heading in the wrong direction, and we need to figure out why is that so we can start heading in the right direction.
0: It goes back to like the war on drugs, and kind of what and the fallout. From that, and I tell this story a lot. I know my listeners are probably tired of hearing it because I spoke to it at nauseam, But go back to the 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 egg in the frying pan, mm. and we were told we brought up. You know, in this, I'm I was born in '77, so I'm 46. You know, we're not that far apart. There, grew up in the '80s and the '90s. And I was just you're, you're growing up and you're thinking. And for me, it was they were told marijuana marijuana will kill you. Smoke it, you know, it'll it'll turn you crazy. Reefer madness,
1: yeah.
0: all of that, and. I just remember the first time I smoked it and I didn't die. I was like, everything they said about drugs was a lie. Right. Yeah. And I was like, well, if they lied about that. They lied about this. And yeah. I, I talk about marijuana was a, a gateway drug. It's not not in the sense that, and I'm pro-marijuana, by the way. I mean, I'm 100% do whatever you want. But for me, it was a gateway in the sense that it loosened up that inhibition. I was like, oh, I didn't die. Well, let me try this. Let me try this pill. Let me try this powder. What's next, you know? Kind of makes
1: you wonder what what would happen if we honestly educated kids about, you know, like we do with smoking. We we show them this is what can happen, Mm -hmm. but it's not just one cigarette and you're going to die. And, you know, we grew up in the age before smartphones, cell phones, all of that. Today, kids can spend three seconds on the Internet, and they know if we're lying to them or not about drugs. So if we can shift that approach towards... Let's give them some good, honest education, and that might mean that we need some better education ourselves as to what are the the true risks, and how can we help them not just understand the the challenges of what these drugs might do to them, but of what it is that the drugs are doing for them that deeper that deeper thing what's the deeper thing they're solving, and how we're how can they cope with those things in a better way that they don't need the drugs. To numb those experiences, those hurts, those pains, as you know, whatever it is, because the drugs are always a solution attempt at something else. They 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 don't they don't hold the problem themselves. They are a coping mechanism absolutely, for absolutely. something else.
0: And some and, and, and some of it isn't that. Some of it is just a peer pressure social mm, thing as mm-hmm. well. I mean, on on the front end anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I find it awfully ironic that we. We sit here and we will tell kids how bad marijuana is for them, but we'll, we'll write them a prescription for Adderall in a heartbeat. And so many people that I know growing up, I'm not sitting here to, not trying to attack the medical industry and all that, but so many people I know growing up that ended up being addicted to methamphetamines over the years started out with a prescription to Adderall at a young age, and then it just evolved into, well, what's stronger? What's next? What's next? Well, what's next? Oh, there's this other thing. There's this other amphetamine, but it's methamphetamine, not amphetamine, and uh, you know, I think we should be very cautious about, mm. uh, just my personal opinion, and seeing it in real life. be Cautious about how much narcotics were uh, legally given mm. mm-hmm. children as well. I think we need yeah. to have an honest conversation about that too at a, at some point in time as a society.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's a. Those are all. Kind of as we're talking, it's sort of clear this is like such a complex issue. There's all of these different components to it. And part of what we wanted to do with this shift drugs and addiction summit that we're hosting on Thursday at the Jackson Convention Complex is to bring together experts from a bunch of different aspects of the field of addiction and drugs. So we've got about 15 different speakers coming in for that. These are short, high impact talks. This is not somebody droning on for three hours on something, this is 20 minutes of this is what you need to know about 15 different things related to drugs. We'll be talking about Kratom. We'll be talking about psychedelics for therapeutic use for opioid use disorder, um, which is a really interesting idea, this kind of cutting edge.
0: Joe Rogan talks about it a lot.
1: Yes. And I I think if we, again, if we want to find better solutions, we have to stop looking at just, the inputs of what we think should work. Well, let's just keep doing this. Let's do that. Let's arrest them. If we arrest them enough times, they'll stop doing this. That hasn't worked, so we have to stop focusing on inputs and start looking at outcomes. If it's not working, we got to take a step back and say, maybe there's something else that would work better. Maybe the criminal justice system can't solve this problem for us, and we could try some other things and look at some of these other solutions, whether they're medical treatments, whether they are um, diversion programs. We have a retired police chief who's coming in to talk about uh, what he does now, which is help police departments work with mental health providers to address all of the mental health issues that they come in contact with, because law enforcement recognizes that just continuing to arrest people for mental health issues isn't helping the person, it's not helping the community, it's just very frustrating for everyone, and so... We really want people to be able to hear different solutions and really catch that vision for the way our world right here in Mississippi could be better if we move towards a health-centered approach to drugs and addiction. So you can get tickets to that at enditforgood.com. Um, it's $25. No big deal. If finances are an issue, use the promo code SHIFTGUEST, all uppercase, all together. We'd love for you to come for free. Um it really is just a day of bringing together people from here. But also we've got people coming from 12 different states um, already. Just and that's in this Thursday? This coming Thursday, the 16th, starts at 9 o'clock. Registration opens at 8 in the morning. You can come by. Um, and it's just going to be a, a great day of ideas, some you might have heard of before, some you'll never have heard of before. Uh, but we really think there is an opportunity here for us to – see what's happening and all the negative outcomes that we're getting and look at the root causes of that and begin to shift towards what can really solve those problems.
0: All right, sounds great. We'll be right back with Christina Dent, enditforgood dot com. And completely unrelated, but I can't pass up on some breaking news here. Uh Mississippi State has announced there is a change in leadership in the football program. Zach Arnett has been relieved of his duties at Mississippi State. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back. And, hey, apparently the best thing you can be right now in America is a fired SEC football coach. Uh, Jimbo Fisher walking away with $76 million for getting fired at A&M. And it won't and if he gets another job, he still keeps the $76 million. I should have coached football, not done radio. <laughs> we will be right back with Christina Dent. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. We are live here on 103.9 FM W Y A B, streaming worldwide at WYAB.com as well as the TuneIn app and Alexa. We've got Christina Dent with End It For Good here in the studio, and we've got a caller on hold. Let's see what the caller has to say. Hey, good morning. You're on there. Well, I guess they're not on hold. Let's try that. Nope. Oh, well. Caller. Call back. Hey, I will say this, guys. If you want to call in with any questions for Christina, let's keep it on topic this morning uh, with the End It For Good and their big conference this Thursday down at the convention center. Uh, like I said, I, I probably shouldn't have done the uh, sports stuff there, but when news breaks, we break with it, right? Absolutely. So, l- yeah, Christine, I'm looking at some of the stuff here in your notes, and the thing that popped off at me, really jumped off the page at me last night, was there's going to be a topic about kratom. Mm-hmm. And is it harmful? Is it helpful? And this is something I have been the loudest person, at least in local media, about is kratom and the benefits. And, you know, there's all, I know there's people out there say, oh, but it can be addictive. Anything can be addictive. You take, an, you take enough Tylenol, and it'll be the last Tylenol you ever take, you know, if you, if you abuse it. Yeah. And you can walk right in, get that off a shelf. Um, I, and I don't even want to compare it to, like, liquor and beer and stuff of that nature, because it's not the same thing. That's, that's oil and water. But it is, I, I just can't imagine, it's not my job to do this, but I can't imagine how much Kratom it would take to make somebody overdose from Kratom. Hmm. It's not that potent.
1: Yeah. I think the interesting thing with Kratom, when it kind of came on the scene a couple of years ago, there was a big push, especially in North Mississippi. There were a number of counties who criminalized it and and turned it into kind of another way that consumers could be arrested or businesses could be arrested for selling it, which really just pushes it into the underground market. it
0: It makes it cool.
1: It yeah. makes <laughs> kids, it, yeah. you know what There's I mean. It, one part, yeah. it
0: makes people when you make something illegal, it oh, it must work. Let me go get some.
1: Yeah. So you have all these different harms that come with that. So the the thinking goes, somebody could be harmed by kratom and certainly some people are, and so let's ban it and then it will go away. But that isn't what happens. It just moves underground, just like heroin, cocaine, everything else that we have tried to ban. You can get it in three seconds on Snapchat, you can get it anywhere that you want in Mississippi. It hasn't – it doesn't go away. It moves underground, which ends up – it becomes contaminated. You have no idea what's in it. It ends up funding crime and violence because the only people who are making money off of it are people who are committing crime. And so whether whether it's Kratom on a small scale or it's other drugs on a large scale – We're funding criminal activity by providing this cash incentive to the underground market to say, hey, Kratom has consumers who want to buy it. And so especially when you have something like Kratom that has a low abuse potential. Most people who use Kratom are using it non-problematically. I have a friend who had a baby. She had a C-section. They they didn't give her enough uh, medicine at the hospital. And so she used Kratom as a pain reliever just for a couple of weeks while she was getting over her C-section. And that was it. She she didn't use it again. It didn't become a problem in her life or anything like that. I've heard people say that that have used it, you know, it, it's kind of like a strong cup of coffee or uh, something like that. For most people, it is not a problem. But it does become a significant problem when it is pushed out of any kind of regulated market and into this underground We know that fentanyl is contaminating everything on the underground market. And so why would we want to push another substance into that underground market where it can then be contaminated with all kinds of stuff and we have even more people dying who wouldn't – Kratom on its own has a a very low potential for harm. It can cause harm. People can become addicted to it. But in terms of all of the different things they could be using, uh, it has a very low potential. problematic potential. And a lot of people use it helpfully, including people who use it to stop using opioids. I I wrote an article about Kratom um, a couple of years ago. And we have John Schenholzer from the McShin Foundation is coming on Thursday to the Drugs and Addiction Summit to address Kratom. He is in he's a vet. He's been in recovery for 40 years. And he is passionate about not criminalizing the substance because he has seen a lot of the people that he works with, people trying to stop using opioids, be able to do that by shifting to kratom, which is a lot less potentially harmful than the opioids that that they're using. And I got when I wrote that article a couple of years ago. I got an email um, from a woman, I believe she said she was a nurse, and she said, thank you for writing that article. It was about, please, let's don't criminalize Kratom. She said, thank you for writing that because my husband was addicted to opioids for years. It was complete chaos in our home, and he started using Kratom. He was able to stop using the opioids, and he has become... The the husband that he was before, before that went into this chaotic addiction. And so we can't use the experiences of a couple of people to take away from all the experiences of other people who are out there that are using it non-problematically, using it helpfully in some situations. And so we know that there's this kind of force on both sides, people wanting to criminalize, people wanting to keep it legal. And so we really wanted to bring someone in who has that experience of being a person in recovery and working with people who have struggled with addiction, and he's done this for 40 years, and coming and talking about let's let's talk about the the real potential of kratom on, on whatever side that is, and how we want to handle this substance going forward. And so you can get tickets to the Shift Drugs and Addiction Summit at enditforgood.com. They are cheap, twenty five bucks. Um, that'll be one of fifteen. 20-minute kind of TED-style talks that you'll hear. It's going to be a really interesting day of of great conversation.
0: It, it sounds like it. Look, I told you, and I don't mind mentioning this on air here. I took my shot of kratom this morning before I, right before I drank my coffee. It's something I I drink every, not every morning, but more, especially before I come do this, helps me focus, relaxes me. Um, I could definitely. I, I got a family member who uh, was I, I don't want to say abusing pain medication, but got tired of being in the pain medication cycle mm. just in, you know in the clutches of pain medication whether it's just you know if you don't take a single more pill than your doctor gives you it's just sometimes people don't want to feel like they're ad- addicted to something because you can be addicted to it without abusing it obviously yeah, you'd be dependent physically like, yeah. dependent on it I think, yeah. I, I think that's where a lot of people get confused when you see oh, i was addicted or, or or i was abusing i think mm-hmm. there's two different things
1: yes they are and i'm so glad that you i have brought that up because that I, even for me, it was a couple of years into kind of my learning about this before I realized kind of that that difference. Because I would think through, you know, there's people who are using opioids for years and years. Now, if they stopped using them, they would feel withdrawal symptoms. But, but they're not addicted. I mean, they're they're living a, a productive and happy life, and that's well, a an important t- distinction. Well, they're, they're addicted,
0: but they're not abusing. Right you know, so I think the addicted comes addicted,
1: in yeah. when your life is negatively impacted yeah. by it. Dependent is hey your your body is dependent on point. this substance mm-hmm. but it you're not addicted it's not negatively impacting your life it's actually positively impacting your life. And what we have now with prescriptions being so difficult to get is lots of people who are legitimately using opioids for for positive reasons they're their life was positively impacted. Now we're unable to get that, and now we have a serious health crisis of suicide. It created of, the fentanyl crisis. Yes, of people moving into this underground market now. They're using illegal drugs. Fentanyl's coming in at the same time, and we're losing thousands and tens of thousands of people every year. You know, 90% of the people who died last year of an opioid overdose had fentanyl in their system. This We are not in a prescription crisis. This is not people who are getting opioids from their doctor and dying. These are people who maybe can't get opioids from their doctor or using something they're buying on the street. It's contaminated, and they can't dose it appropriately because they don't have any idea what's in it.
0: Law of unintended consequences. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm a huge, huge uh, supporter of President Trump, but when he signed in that opioid opioid act uh, to where they really, really tightened the clamps down, I said, man, they're going to they're gonna push people to the black market, and I thought heroin initially – uh, but, I, you know, of course, I just wasn't as educated on fentanyl at that time. And that's basically ended up – what happened is it raised the price of <clears throat> the black market. It went from, you know, being able to buy a Norco or a pain pill for five, six, seven bucks each, which is ridiculous nonetheless, but it raised that to being $30, 40 for a single 10-milligram pill. Well, most people just aren't going to be able to do that. And the ones that do are losing everything trying to do it. So people say, well, what is a cheaper alternative? Oh, well, I got this guy over here that says he's got these same pills I can buy for 10 a piece. but well, they're probably pressed in the hood, and they got fentanyl in them. Or you're relating to something, or you're knowingly taking fentanyl, which I don't know why anybody would knowingly do it, but addicts do crazy things.
1: And now it has created, for a lot of people, a... a- um, a demand for fentanyl. They've been mm. so exposed to it that – and it's so much cheaper than anything else because it's very potent. So yeah. you can use a very tiny amount of it and get kind of a, a similar impact. So now the the criminalization of all these other substances has led to fentanyl being included in these drugs because it is highly potent and you want the biggest punch in the smallest package if you're going to smuggle something. Yeah. And you now have people who have been exposed to it and now have developed a taste for it. When when they did not have that before, it is continuing to create this disaster of outcomes. We've got to rethink that. And, hey,
0: here's just one thing over here that may actually help called Kratom That that's very inexpensive and legal. But let's make it illegal and push more people to fentanyl. You're not going to – people aren't going to just quit. Right. They're not going to. That's not how we wired Oh well, I can't get this no more. I'm just going to quit doing it. Now what's the next thing I can do? Well, up the ladder or down the ladder. This is close to where I was at. And uh, you know, Kratom is safe and I would li- I would like to see some more regulation on it. i mm-hmm. yeah, yep. I'm not I'm not much of a regulation person, but it, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with some regulation uh maybe I don't know. I don't want to say you can take it out of the gas stations, but just make sure what's in there is safe and and good and we we know exactly what's in the bags yep
1: packaging is honest you've got ingredients there's some quality control there that's just good consumer protection that we have on lots of different products
0: yep All right. let's take a break come back we got Christina Dent here with enditforgood.com talking about their shift convention this Thursday November 16th at the Jackson convention complex you can learn more about that at enditforgood.com tickets are $25 if finances are a problem there is a promo code where you can go for free. It is SHIFT... Guest. SHIFT GUEST, all caps, one word, SHIFT GUEST. Uh, just enter that in the promo, and they will have you as a guest. We'll be right back on The Clay Edwards Show. Welcome back into to The Clay Edwards Show. We are joined here in the studio by Christina Dent with enditforgood.com. And, uh, again, they got their big SHIFT conference this Thursday, November 16th, Jackson Convention Complex. You can find out more about that and register in at enditforgood.com. They're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff, uh, addiction, uh, recovery. Am I missing anything?
1: Yeah, we're doing psychedelics, kratom, um what police can do to address the mental health crisis. We've got people talking about um, CRAFT, which is the community reinforcement and family training. So right now in Mississippi, every Mississippian for the next year has the opportunity to get um, trained and support in CRAFT, which is specifically geared for and has been evidence-based for family members of a loved one who's struggling with addiction. So this is not for the person who's struggling. This is for the people who love them. How can you... Learn how to engage with that family member in a way that's healthy, that keeps a healthy connection. It's not cutting people off entirely. It's keeping a healthy connection. And it actually makes your loved one more likely to make a choice to make a positive change in their life. So it's amazing. Allies in Recovery is the organization who um, they do nationwide support for people who want to get trained in this method and then get support for walking with their loved one through addiction. And uh, Mississippians have the opportunity to do that. And one of the trainers from Allies in Recovery is coming to the summit to teach people about craft and how they can get connected to that resource for the next year for free. It's an incredible opportunity for families that we have so many families in Mississippi who are walking with a loved one through addiction. So that's going to be one of the things that we're talking about as well as, um, Joanne, the woman who changed me, changed my heart, helped me see the person that she really was not the person who has struggled with addiction for 20 years. Um, And really, she was the same person. It just helped me see why that was. It's helped me to see behind that behavior and see the incredible person she is. She's going to be there speaking as well.
0: Well, there's such a fine line between not wanting to enable and not wanting to shut Mm -hmm. off. Yeah. It's like, where's the balance where I can still love this person and not run them off because I because I'm preaching the same thing every time I run. You got to quit. You got to quit. You got to quit. Yeah. When well, that's never going to unfortunately work.
1: Yep. And it's hard to know what that is. So if you have an opportunity to learn something like craft that mm-hmm. can can has been studied and said this this is a way that you can do that that helps you walk that line.
0: That's very interesting. I didn't even know that existed. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just real good stuff there. How so? You've got a book coming out.
1: I do. I do. Um, I've, over the last four years, have been writing this book. You know, as with most people, most people who start a book don't end up finishing writing it. And I totally understand how that is after Mm -hmm. (laughs) finishing writing this book. Um, But I've been working on it for about four years. It is coming out this week. You can actually get it on Amazon. So it's called Curious. Uh, The tagline is A Foster Mom's Discovery of an Unexpected Solution to Drugs and Addiction. So what I wanted to do with the book is kind of take people on my own learning journey after I met Joanne and just kind of starting from the ground up. What have we misunderstood about drugs and addiction and how could we get better outcomes? That was my goal. And what I learned completely changed my mind. It didn't change my politics. It didn't change my faith. I'm still a conservative Christian. It changed the solutions I think are actually best in line with those values, and the solutions that I think will actually get us better outcomes. Well, Viewer I think you're talking about dying. getting a
0: better outcome if we could if we could remove the red and blue from our from our narrative for trying to come to an outcome. We could all probably come to a. Better outcome. If we can can sit there as a conservative, oh, that's that's a bleeding heart liberal way of doing things. Or as a liberal, that's a cold hearted conservative way of doing things. There's a happy medium.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So in the in the book, I start when I'm nine years old. I grew up in West Jackson. I was loving all your Jackson throwbacks. You know, in in the first hour, Mm -hmm. I spent a, a cold night on the concrete outside of bebop record shop when i was in high school New kids
0: on the block tickets
1: not new kids on in sync but you oh, were on yes. the right track <laughs>
0: yep. well it just, i guess it depends on the generation you, you, right. you, you were born in 83? yeah i missed i missed 83 i missed yeah.
1: new kids on the block by by just a year or two yeah. but i hit the the in sync backstreet boys you know britney spears that right. that era was was Right when I was in that junior high, the, high school time. The,
0: the TRL era. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, like, yes. I mean, not to get too off course, but rumor has it that uh, NSYNC is planning a plan gay reunion tour.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: I mean, with Justin Timberlake, obviously, you can't have it without right, Timberlake, Right, right, you
1: know? yeah. Yeah, for sure. So,
0: I mean, that will, that will have uh, girls of a certain era very excited.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I it kind of starts there and just talks about how did I develop the way that I thought about that. One of those experiences that was really formative for me was our neighbors were held up at gunpoint when I was nine years old. And we in were West home Jackson. in West Jackson. Um, we were home. We could hear it happening. Didn't know exactly what was happening because we had our windows open. Um, and so that kind of starts and, and works through these experiences that shaped how I thought And then the experiences in foster care that began to upend the way that I had thought and what I learned along the way tells other people's stories from right here in Mississippi, James Moore's down in Hattiesburg. Um, tells his story of walking with his son through um, through addiction and through overdose and eventually losing his son. Christy Barber, who does the Molly Angel Project, um, whose son is in prison currently, uh, her journey of as a mother walking with a child. So
0: yeah, she was on the show. Yeah, yeah. When you yeah. said when, when you said her son in prison, I, know, I remember exactly who that is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it it's telling my story, but it's also telling the stories of the people that I meet along the way and what I learned about. How we can better reduce crime, reduce overdose death, stop destabilizing families unnecessarily. And so when you think about sort of, you know, whether or not red or blue, whatever, everyone gets more of the world they want if we have less crime, less people dying and more families who are strong and stable. That just helps all of us. And I I absolutely believe that's possible. But it's only possible if we begin to reimagine the way we approach drugs and addiction. And so Curious takes people on that journey. It's not a long book. You can read it in a couple of hours. uh, But the feedback from early readers on it has just been really tremendous uh, in just how many people. We've had people reading it who are in recovery who have said it's a really healing experience for them to read it. Um, people who have lost loved ones and feel like it's given them a voice for what they've experienced and a a path to helping other families avoid losing someone to overdose. And that ultimately it's a very hopeful book. Um, I didn't want to write something that was just dark and heavy and like, we all know there's a lot of harm related to drugs and addiction. That's, That's clear. The goal of this book is to say, there is that but but there's hope and here's where that hope lies some of that is changes in our culture and our communities and the way that we ourselves approach drugs and addiction some of it is policy changes that i think could actually really reduce harm reduce things like crime that that would help all of us um and so whether you wherever you fall on that the book leaves you uh it's 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 not hitting anybody over the head with you know you've got to agree on this it takes the same approach end it for good is committed to, which is respectful dialogue, um, inviting people onto a learning journey and allowing people to end where they want to. But if we want better outcomes, we got to put in some different inputs. And that's what Curious the Book is inviting you to consider and what the Drugs and Addiction Summit this Thursday at the convention complex is inviting you to consider as well. So you can get more information on both of those at enditforgood.com.
0: Will there be a hard copy available at the conference?
1: There is. You can come to the conference, get a hard copy. They'll all be signed. You can meet Joanne. You can meet Christy. A lot of the people whose stories are in the book are going to be at the conference as well. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be a great day.
0: Will they be able to pay with a card? Yes. There's little questions that people always end up asking inevitably.
1: Yes. Pay with card. You can pay with cash, but totally. Hey, with card. We got card readers. We'll have lots of books. Um, And most of the proceeds from the book, 75% of proceeds from the book, go back to End It For Good to help us continue to lead events all over Mississippi where we invite people into this dialogue.
0: I love it. You know, going back to uh, part of what you were saying, I'm wildly conflicted, admittingly, on criminal justice when it comes to addiction. I, I think there's a certain point where we can't treat an addict the same same as we treat a drug dealer, um, thinking that the same, just throw them in jail, lock the key, throw throw them in jail, throw away the key, is going to fix an addict versus a drug dealer. I understand doing that to a drug dealer, you know, that's out there destroying their communities and causing addiction. And I think there's a mental health aspect on the addiction side, obviously, mm-hmm. that we need to address. And sometimes I wonder if we had as many mental health beds as we did jail jail cots if we would be much better off in, in that area. But then there's the part of me also who went through some stuff and has been uh, been on a, the receiving end as a family member also with somebody going through some stuff that says, you know what, I, they're never going to fix themselves until they're ready to. But obviously we ain't on that timeline. We need to get on this timeline. I think jail may be the best best option. Or when I say uh maybe a mental health facility where they don't get to just check in and out as, as they Mm -hmm. choose Mm -hmm. Uh, that that we, we definitely need to address that in Mississippi. If you've got a family member that's ever gone through addiction, you understand if they don't have insurance, you understand how hard it is to try to get them in somewhere that they, that they'll stay, you know, had to be forced to stay, you know? So we, we, we lack big time in Mississippi in that department.
1: Yeah. And I think that is one of the things that is so interesting about, um, the potential for psychedelic therapy for not just opioid use disorder, which is specifically what we're going to be covering on um, Thursday with a neuroscientist who's coming in to talk about the trials that she's running. You can't legally run trials on psychedelics for opioid use disorder in the U.S. She's running them offshore to be able to then bring that data to the FDA to get approval to start running them in the United States. And the, the outcomes from those are incredible in terms of the number of people that are actually stopping their opioid use after that therapy. But it's not just for that. Things like PTSD, anxiety, depression. There are all these different up-and-coming treatments through the use of psychedelics. Now, I'm, like GHB, I'm not telling anyone.
0: What are, what, are, what are the GHBs? A growth, human growth hormone. <laughs> <never mind. What? laughs>
1: Psilocybin, which would be like magic mushrooms. Yeah. Um, lots of different things. Ibogaine is one of the ones that's a strong psychedelic that can be used for opioid use disorder. Again, you would not want to use these things sort of randomly. Um, In a a therapeutic setting, though, they could be part of the solution for us to the mental health crisis that we're facing, which will help us with the addiction crisis that we're facing. But if we think about just drug possession, we put 1,300 people in prison for the last year that data is available from MDOC just for drug possession. That's not even people sitting in jails and city and county across the state. This is people going into prison. They're going to come out with a felony. 1,300 people just in one year. And their average length of sentence is five years. We think about not just taxpayers having to pay to keep all of those people in prison just on a drug possession charge, but also what's happening to their families, what's happening to their children. We know that children who have an incarcerated parent are far more likely to have negative outcomes throughout the rest of their life, not because they're bad kids, but because it's incredibly traumatic to be separated from your parent.
0: Yeah, we're partners with – Celebrate Recovery, not Celebrate Recovery. Sorry, uh, Teen Challenge, mm-hmm. and you know one of their big things is their tagline is putting fathers back in homes mm-hmm. and and beating yeah. addiction, and the, you know and mothers too. I mean, but fathers is yeah. they, they handle yeah. the man side of things. You know, getting the parent back in the home. Mm-hmm. We don't should we even have to explain how big that is and what happens when you remove a parent from the home and throw them in jail for five or six years over a drug possession. I'm just like I say. I go back to being wildly conflicted on being mm-hmm. a law and order person, but being able to sit here and say like, we got a we've got enough sample size to say this might not be right. a one size fits all. <laughs> we've been doing this for thing. a while. Yeah, I mean back since the war on drugs began. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, look, obviously, I understand arresting people who sell drugs to an extent. I don't know that the yep. guy's smarter than me, but I can sit here and look and say, look at somewhere like the City of Jackson, where a lot of people families were interrupted by people going to jail. And whatnot. And you kind of see the type of chaos and stuff that that has caused yeah. in part to. So it's very yeah. interesting to see how all that works out. Hopefully, we can come up with a scenario better than what we've been doing. I don't know that decriminalization is the way, but I don't know that locking up five, six years at a time or longer, if you go back to the drug law, mm-hmm. drug drug stuff of the 90s. But anyway, let's take a break, come back, land the plane for the day. We got Christina Dent here with com. Big Shift Conference. This Thursday, Jackson Convention Complex, November 16th, starting at 9 a.m.? Yep. 9 a.m. You can get your tickets now at enditforgood.com. And if you can't afford the 25 bucks, but uh, use dot Just Guest, all mm-hmm. caps. SHIFTGUEST. And I'm guessing the $25, they do pay that. That, that goes to End It For Good yep. to help fund all this and yep. bring more awareness and everything. So, hey, guys, if you Go can't ahead. afford it, hit up the donation. Don't be too cheap on us. This is The Clay Edward Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Guys, as we get ready to land the plane here, we've got about two minutes left with Christina Dent on the day here. And don't forget, Christina, I'm going to let you land the plane for us. Tell people about your event Thursday.
1: Yep, the SHIFT Drugs and Addiction Summit. We have about 15 speakers coming in, some from right here in Mississippi, some from all over the country. Um, They'll be giving short, kind of 20-minute, high-impact talks on a range of topics. You can see all the topics, sponsors, all the details at enditforgood.com. You can use the promo code SHIFTGUEST, all capitals, all one word, if finances are an issue, but it's only $25 to come. We've got lunch included, breakfast included, post-conference networking hour with a blues band included. It's going to be a great day um, of, of big ideas, what we really think could be some solutions here in Mississippi, and um, are coming at it from a way that that celebrates open dialogue and learning. Uh, You're not going to be hit over the head with things. We want you to come and learn, wrestle with some of these ideas, because uh, most people agree what we're doing isn't working with drugs and addiction. We're getting worse and worse outcomes. We need to change course. We don't all agree on how but we wanted to do this summit to offer some of those ideas and give you exposure to lots of different ideas. And that's what this day is all about. So you can go to enditforgood.com, find out information, shift drugs and addiction summit. It's at the Jackson convention complex this coming Thursday, the 16th from nine to three 30. We'll get you out of there right on time. Um, you can grab a drink on your, on your uh, way out and listen to some great blues music. And um, we'll have a really great day with, with big ideas and with experts in their fields bringing us those ideas.
0: Excellent. Christina Dent, thank you. And don't forget her book will be available uh, starting Thursday at the event, as well as on Amazon and all that stuff. Yep, yep. So check that out. All right. I will see you guys back here tomorrow. This has been The Clay Edwards Show. Coming up next, Allison uh, Noe. Allison Tharp, I forget she got married. Uh, she'll be in here next with her whole story health hour. Uh, ClayEdwardShow.com for the podcast, or just search my name wherever you download podcasts, stream music, and more. I hope you enjoyed this clip of today's Clay Edwards Show. You can tune in live every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. on 103.9 FM, WYAB in Central Mississippi. You can stream it worldwide and live at WYAB.com, the TuneIn app, or Alexa. Just search WYAB. And of course... You're listening now on a podcast, so you can just hit subscribe where you're at. We update daily right here on The Clay Edwards Show. And check out all things Clay Edwards at clayedwardsshow.com for shirts and more. Peace.